is happening, fellow fantasy GMs? I am JJ Wang. He is the bearded one, DJ Dove. And with our powers combined, we are the Fantasy Couriers. Man, we had a flash hit craziness going on YouTube this week, JJ Wang. There was a Couriers explosion. Not a ginormous one, but for us, pretty big. Well, that's I mean, good, good news. I mean, I don't, like sometimes, you know, it, you'll get a lot and then sometimes you'll get zero. But I mean, like I said, like you always say, I'm just surprised anybody sits there and looks at us for that long for, you know, any period of time. So I appreciate it. Well, some cool news. I'm making, I'm making new connections that might even grow our audience. I got, I did on underdog a Scott Fish. So Scott Fish Bowl is big and going. If nobody knows about it, look it up. Scott, it's a great charity and you got to be lucky to get in. A lot of famous podcaster fantasy podcasters are in it this year they started scott fishbowl mirror leagues which is like a small best ball kind of thing for free where the top so many will get a free entry next year so i got into that actually so uh, it's a jumping into that we start drafting on monday but i've made connections with like some guys in there that are like overseas so i'm gonna be like hey check us out um i'll mention you guys on the podcast hey i'm mentioning you guys right now uh <laughs> the uh, sleeper mirror league that i'm in i mentioned in there they said they check it out and some of the guys are saying that they play with a lot of people in uh, i believe one guy was from like scotland or england or ireland play with they're in a league one guy lives in the states in a league with guys from scotland that he just met on online and i said yeah, that's what fantasy is. It's about getting connected. We have that. We've got, like, I joined that one league with the guys over in the Midwest. And then we got uh, Forrest, who joined us in our Dynasty Diamonds from Colorado. So it's kind of cool seeing how the Couriers has, if nothing else, expanded our universe. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, you've taken us – I mean, you've taken us worldwide here. I mean, I'll give you I'll give you all the credit. I mean, you pretty much do all the legwork leg, leg work as far as – you know that in I just show up and just try to try to do something, but yeah, I mean it's it's great. It's just it's amazing that football doesn't seem worldwide because it's just here in America. But at the end of the people all over the place love football. They do, they do, and so it's, it, it, enough about connecting. Oh, but we're connecting more. I got some some a couple four four running back notes before we jump into things we're excited for today the first one is javante williams over in denver says he's going to be ready for week one and i think i saw somewhere maybe even training camp what's and for these guys it's, it's almost worry meters what i want to ask you about how do you feel about what's your worry meter for javante williams this year how do you feel about him well, I never believe anybody when they they say I'm going to be 100% ready for camp. I mean, I just – it's hard because all these players, they all think they're going to be ready for camp. So, I mean, they're going to say they're ready. So, I mean, my worry meter, I mean, Devontae was – we all had a lot riding on him when he came in. I mean, like I got four or five here. I mean, I'm kind of worried. I mean, he hasn't played in a while coming off the injury. I'm, I mean, of course – hopefully the offense gets better so i mean if he's playing but i'm not sure he's gonna start the season out at 100 percent. not full, obviously probably not the full workload so i'm at a four or five i mean i'm a little bit worried should he start 100 percent, or should you play p ryan all the way through uh, it's an interesting um thought pattern i mean sean payton always has i mean he's had two top he's had two top running backs at a time he doesn't run generally a one running back system unless he really has to and why would you do some guy with a just terrible knee injury, like double whammy, and it was gross after they got in farther. I worry meter for this year. I'm I love Javante Woods, but I'm not as high as I would be. 
I might end up being a little too low. I'm getting ready to look at my season rankings. Uh, Dynasty, this is when you're going to buy him because he'll be cheaper right now or at the start of the season even. And just keep an eye on him if you want to roll the dice on him. Overnight, something that excited me over the, I guess, the end of the week because we're we're recording a little earlier these few weeks, is Joe Mixon restructured his deal to stay in Cincinnati. I haven't seen the exact numbers yet, but prior to this, he was a $10 million waning running back with a $12.5 million cap, and the Bengals were like, dude, we're not going to have that. But Joe Mixon was saying, hey, I want to be a Bengal. So Joe Mixon wants to be a Bengal for life, so he's pretty much given up any of his leverage, realizing he has silly Monopoly money anyway, to stay in Cincinnati. I mean, Wade's looking is. He'll take peanuts to stay in Cincinnati because they got a good thing going. How do you? What's your? How do you feel about Joe Mixon in general? Kind of opposite now that he's taken the you know the pay cut. Uh, like you said, P Ryan's gone. His backups. I mean, what's this big Trevion Williams? There's like is a backup. I think. I'm, so I'm not worried about any of the backups. So I mean, I'm not really worried about Joe Mixon. He's always been productive. I mean the. The backfield is completely his. He can catch the balls. I mean, catch even more now that P. Ryan's gone. So, and the offense is crazy. I mean, the only worry is maybe they bring in one of the cheaper, another run, cheap running back, one of the veterans, you know, to spell it. But probably not. There's no need for that. I mean, Mixon's been reliable. So, I'm like, not worried at all. So, I guess, eight, 10 being the worriest. Uh, is that a word? It is now. All right, your worries. So I'll be so. So I think we have to switch. I'm a little more worried on John Javante Williams. So I'm probably at like seven on Javante Williams if it's higher, and then probably like a two on mix. I'm not worried at all if he's out there. He's going to kill it. Oh, yeah, and I, I always forgotten that. I was listening to this week. I knew it when they came out, but him and P Ryan were college running mates. They, I didn't know that they were both at Oklahoma because P Ryan got drafted by the. Then Washington Redskins. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm going to get him because Mixon was good and P. Ryan looked good there. Um, so here's the last two worry meters, and they have to do with the franchise tag. The franchise tag signing deadline, putting one you listed, I'll, I'll put an exact date on this, is the 17th of July. So either it's happening soon or it has happened. And we're recording prior to knowing what Jacobs and Saquon, but I'm assuming nothing's going to change because both those guys don't want to sign it. And they are talking about holding out. Saquon seems a little more dug in than Jacobs. What's your worry meter on these guys? It is only July, mid-July, but if the Giants said, I think the Giants said 19.5 is where they're setting, and he's like not even close. What's your worry meter on these two guys? Um, like right now, this early, I'm not too worried. I mean, we'll probably say like maybe a three or four. I mean, I'm not really. I'm, actually, you know what? We'll go five. I mean, I'm, that the fact that they're talking about it, you know, they're they're serious. But we all know how this kind of works out, right? Yeah. We've seen Le'Veon Bell try this, and it completely backfired. I mean, for running backs, I don't see how this works in your favor. Eventually, at, at some point, you think they would hopefully just meet in the middle somehow. But, I mean, like I said, these running backs want their money, and they think they're that valuable. But, I, I mean, I've, I've seen, like, a couple numbers that – the amount that the amount of money that Saquon has made comparative to the amount that he's actually paid. I think he's said he's made over $38 million so far in his career. I mean, that, that's a lot. I know he wants more. Um, same thing with Jacobs. Like I said, these guys want to get paid, and it's just – like, it's hard for running backs. I feel bad. 
Well, actually, I don't really feel bad, but... <laughs> Compare well in comparative to their running mates on the football team. How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You're, you're a receiver. You're, you could play for a decade and change. You're a running back after four years. They're recycling you for the next new hotness. Quarterback, fifteen years or whatnot. So, yeah. So those those are four running backs are are the bread and butter of fan or they used to be. Would I think you, they're like the glue that I think they're like the glue of your fan. I think you just feel. Feel more together. I know in the past, I know it's kind of changing now, but you feel more like together when your running back room is solid, right? Yeah. I mean, you feel like I my wide receiver room is a little weak, but you know, I got, there's so many of them, I can work it out. And then the running back room, if you feel like you got a good running back room, I think you just feel more confident about your team. Of course, like I said, that is kind of changing a little bit, but yeah, I think I'm part it, of the change too. Like I'm more. I'm more of a. I'd rather have stronger receivers and the with PPR. PPR I think changed it to a bit too because you could get a uh, Jarek McKinnon could have taken guys to championships last two years. You could get like Antonio Gibson in a regular league, but he's gonna catch some ball if he if he does what you know they said last year or this you know, and it could extend. Even I was hearing a podcast today talk about Alvin Kamara how he might not be a Saint next year. That was the name I forgot to bring up. How he might not be a saint next year, but with his skill set, he could jump into a team like the Chiefs. He could jump into it, throw him into the backfield in Philadelphia as a scat back for that team. An older scat back, he's still he's not destroyed, but his, that's where his skill set is. And it makes for me it dwindles some of the value. I mean, unless you're getting like CMC, definitely greater than you know the world. Yeah. I mean, but you got you got to take risk on those guys. I mean, like I said, every time you draft a running back that high, I mean, it's just a huge, huge, huge risk. The last note I forgot to note: uh, Alvin Kamara took a plea deal. He a misdemeanor for beating up the dude. Suspension imminent, usually between one and four games. Where do you think he lands? I have no idea. I don't know. Any, I don't understand NFL suspension. It's arbitrary, so it's a guess. <laughs> I, I have no. I have no idea. I mean, who knows? Let's let's say three games. Where does he fall for you as far as a drafting running back? Does that affect a lot? I mean, it affects. I mean, it obviously affects a little bit because you don't want to draft, you know, draft him high and then not play. But I, don't, I think at this point you're not drafting him too high, anyways. I mean, you're probably looking at him. I don't know. It's hard to do the because I don't do drafts like that hard to fall. But I mean, I see probably running back twenty to twenty four at this point until I see something different because he took a big step back last year. It just wasn't the same. They got brought in a rookie. Who who knows how the offense is going to run? Yeah, right now it looks like he's uh, PPR ninety six on underdog uh, consensus one hundred one uh, running back thirty two. So that sounds like yeah. a bargain to me. I'd snag him at that rate any day of the week, knowing he's going to come. So JJ Wang, it's now time for the topic of the week. Tell us where we're headed. Yeah. So what I want to do here is um, it's really easy. Something you look forward to um. Like, my list is just some guys that are on my teams. You know, not top-tier guys, but guys I'm looking forward to see how, how how their season plays out. I mean, I'm invested in all these guys. Some of these guys are some of my favorite players. Um, Some people may not like a lot of these guys that I'm going to bring up. But for an example, this, I'll bring up the, um, the one I brought up to you earlier in the week when you asked. It was like, with the amount of love that you have for Tua at the moment. I'm not going to lie. I am getting kind of invested, kind of like a story. Like, you know, the bloodline story in wrestling, the more and more it's talked about, you know, you're getting involved in a little bit. 
and from what I gathered the last two weeks, you've got Tua as a top five quarterback. And that is seems crazy at the moment. So you've obviously got him above Justin Herbert. That sounds crazy. Nobody would ever think that. Uh, but I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how this plays out. I mean, so that's kind of kind of where I'm going. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So the first one, we're going to stick with quarterbacks, and it's probably my favorite quarterback um, situation going on right now. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what how the 49ers – quarterback plays out of course Brock Purdy is the starter right presumed but Trey Lance is still there and if you look at it I think it's people like looking in on football are still 50 50 they want Trey Lance they want Brock Purdy if Brock Purdy plays you know he's probably like a top 20 quarterback if Trey Lance plays you know he's got that ceiling where he could be like a top five so I think that's why people are still holding on so my question to you that I got right here is they do have a third quarterback, and his name is Sam Darnold. Is there any chance that you're interested in Sam Darnold, considering the history of San Francisco quarterbacks being productive? If Brock Purdy gets taken down in the zombie apocalypse and Trey Lance is has only half a leg left, then I will be interested in Sam Darnold. Even if Sam Darnold is the starting quarterback for this team, I am so jaded. You know I do not like <laughs> Sam Darnold. I do not think Sam Darnold is an NFL quarterback. I was not a fan of Sam Darnold when he came into the league. I have been off that train since the beginning. So, no. The answer, the, the, the short answer is no. And yeah, I'm on the Brock Purdy. I'm on the Brock Purdy. I'm gonna go. They're saying Purdy's the starter, so you're, you're we're, we're hoping for Trey Lance. But I think it's it's the Purdy show because they want they want what most coaches that want to run a solid like offense they want consistency. And I think Purdy represents. He's not gonna give you Mahomes, but you're also gonna miss out on Lamar. But he's going to be Kirk Cousins. And most coaches, if they can get a not a, mis, a less mistake prone, I start. I was watching some Kirk Cousins on that Netflix series, which which is pretty cool. I mean, if he could be Kirk Cousins, we're very lucky because that means he's a QB one. Yeah, that's what I mean. But he's but he's consistent. Like if you look at what he did over his starts from week twelve one, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, three interceptions over time. He's a rookie and. Roundabouts to, if I'm doing the math real quick, about 210, 215 yards for a rookie. And that's not shabby at all on a team that is generally centered around the run. Take that over a season, great googly moogly. Oh, I mean, it's great. I mean, you don't have to sell me on Brock Purdy. I love Brock Purdy. I mean, I'm a huge Brock Purdy fan. But just will he be able to maintain that pace? Uh, the the um. It's very. Uh, I'm trying to find. Trying to find the word efficient. Will he be able to be that that efficient for the whole season? He was very efficient. Um. So in that offense, I mean, it's very very possible. But I mean, I hope I hope some somebody's going to succeed there. Just who is it? Yeah, I'm I'm on the Purdy train. I, I think they're. I think they realized. Oh man! And my Dolphins are real excited though, because I mean, have you ever seen that chart where they show what the Dolphins got basically through the Trey Lance trade? It's ridiculous. It ends up it ends up basically being Tyreek and Waddle and uh, some some defensive guys. It's pretty standard. So my what I'm interested in this year is who is Kyler Murray? 
Kyler Murray right now currently is the guy that in the late best balls, he is so low on underdog right now. I'm getting him as my third quarterback. I got him in one league for peanuts because a guy is pretty much like, oh, Trey Lance is up. Sorry, Kyler Murray is done. He is not going to get far. But Kyler Murray is going to be 26 years old during the during training camp. Kyler Murray supposedly is ahead of schedule. Kyler Murray has been a good NFL quarterback. He's going to be a starter for a couple more years regardless of where he goes. Will he come back quicker this year? Will they rush him back too quick this year? Could Kyler Murray, I've, there's some rumors going around, could Kyler Murray take over for Kirk Cousins? What's his future? But he's young and he's athletic. And I think a lot of it comes to how does he come back? And he's young enough, I think he's going to come back healthy enough. But who is Kyler Murray and what do we have in season and for the future? Who was the um, who was the quarterback that they drafted before Kyler Murray? You're talking about uh, the kid out of UCLA? Yeah, I think. Um, was it UCLA? Josh Rosen? Yeah, Josh Rosen. So Kyler Murray is pretty much in the exact same position that Josh Rosen is, right? I mean, if Arizona if Arizona is that bad and they have an opportunity to get the number one overall pick, why bring Kyler Murray back if you're that close and just start all over with that quarterback, get rid of Kyler Murray, who hasn't really helped you out all that much. I mean – He's not really that good in the first three quarters. Tends to turn out pretty good in the fourth quarter. Um, that's not really the kind of quarterback. I know for fantasy, that's how it is. I mean, he'll have three bad quarters with two points and end up with like 25 somehow. It's it's crazy. But I don't know. I mean, I think Kyler Murray is not playing this year. So that's why I think you're getting so cheap in drafts. Oh, I, I think he's going to be back sooner. Like in my brain, I'm looking at October is a lot of what I heard initially earlier in the year, and it's it's inching up sooner. But then again, that's coach speak hearsay. And I would argue counter to that. If they are that bad, it comes down to some of the team building. Like, do you take if you know? It depends what they how they feel about how the new coaching staff feels about Kyler. That's and the that's thing. The this key. This isn't their guy, just like Josh Rosen wasn't Cliff King. Well, Josh Rosen was guy. terrible. Josh Rosen and right. Sam are the same person. Absolutely. But if I'm <laughs> a new regime coming in and all that, I mean, from what I've heard, like I said, they probably know way more than I do. But Kyler Murray has never been like the great teammate, like the great, the great uh, savior of the team so far. I mean, yeah, he's a good quarterback. And it's, it's great to have, you know, somebody of that caliber as your team, but. I mean, if I was new, I'd probably start over. And I could trade Kyler for a lot and end up with the first pick and get all of it. I mean, I'd try it. I mean, along with the Javante Williams, Kyler Murray said he's aiming to be ready for week one. Of course he is. <laughs> I- I'm still saying hey, October is you know You know who else was aiming for week one? Uh, we, were all, we were all in for him, RG3. I mean, all, in for, week, <laughs> yeah, all, in, all in for week one. How does that turn out? So Kyler Murray's could be a great commentator. Yeah, I, I think he sticks around. I think they could use because they got a couple. They got that pick from um, Houston this year too. They got some money picks next year. They take that first one, package it around. Oh, they could they could have a solid young foundation and keep Kyler. That'd be pretty money. Who's your who? My next, I'm going. With, I'm going to loop around here with a similar to where you start with your quarterback with my running backs. In the same division, the Seattle backfield, we have uh, Kenneth Walker, who last year 
just ran for a thousand yard, thousand fifty yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, had a couple hundred yard games, couple of duds in there, but we loved Kenneth Walker coming in. We were a little worried because we didn't know what to expect there with Penny, who had a good year, and then they decide to just mess with us, and they go and they draft Zach Charbonnet, who people liked going in, and now it's a big giant messy committee. What are your thoughts? Is there one guy you like more? I mean, Charbonnet, the last two years, has ran for an average of about 1,200 yards and 13 and a half touchdowns in, at UCLA. Uh, he started in Michigan for a couple of years, but he's a he's a big back, 6'1", 220. I mean, Kenneth Walker is no slouch either. I mean, he's a little shorter, 5'9", but he's 2'11", so they're still bigger backs. What's going to happen in Seattle, and do you want either of these guys? I mean, of course I want them, but like Kenneth Walker is probably going for a little more than what I want to pay. Charbonnet is probably a little bit more affordable. I I like Charbonnet better, but Ken Ken Walker, you know, was productive last season. So I mean, it's 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 kind of hard there. I think they're definitely going to take away from each other. Plus, they got three receivers that they're trying to feed as well with Geno Smith. And I mean, I think everybody on that team, fantasy wise, may disappoint a little bit. Hmm, that's a if you because that Ken Walker's sliding a smidge. Charbonnet's in a rookie level, so I'd be curious to see where they fall when the redraft season begins. You know, redraft season officially begins with Scott Fishbowl, so we're getting into there now. So, you know, we got our auction draft in a couple of weeks because we got drafted earlier with life, but be interesting to see where they fall and how close they get like who if you had to if in a vacuum they end up in redraft squeezing close together and you have one on your team who would you want to have i mean honestly i probably would say ken walker just because i i know he can do it right i, I mean i think charbonnet can do it but at least i know ken walker can do it and in redraft that's what's more important about it. Like in redraft, I need people that have been there before. Um, rookies are kind of hard and because they just you just never know what you it's like Forrest Gump, box of chocolates. You just never know what you're going to get, right? I can't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That, be, that, that was terrible. But yeah, but that's, I would, I'd, I'd go Kenny Walker. Right. Well, who's your next guy? All right. So my next guy, this is a running back battle from a few years back. Um, they both had the, the injury bug, and they're finally starting to come back. And I'm looking forward to seeing which one of these running backs actually is better. We got J.K. Dobbins, and we got Cam Akers, right? So, of course, coming out, Jonathan Taylor was the – you know what? I could also put DeAndre Swift in this as well. So, we got – Jonathan Taylor was the obvious RB1 in that class. But right after that, it was a mixed bag. You had Akers, Dobbins, and Swift, all three of them, right? Now, Swift hasn't really been injured, like, for a long period of time, but he has had injury issues. And none of these guys have really succeeded, right? So, Swift gets traded to the Eagles. We're hoping big things there. Uh, Akers looked good at the end of last season, so we're kind of expecting big things there. And Dobbins even looked kind of good at the end of last season, so we're kind of expecting things there. I'm just kind of looking forward to seeing which one of these guys actually helps us out in fantasy Finally, after three years, it's been three years of just teasing us with, hey, you know, I'm still an RB1. Who do you like? Uh, Cam Akers. I don't have any of the other guys. 
I'm, a, I'm an Acres guy. I like the situation. I like Sean McVay. J.K. Dobbins, I've never been on that train. He he got me a little bit when he started to look solid, but then he just got hurt. DeAndre Swift, I didn't pay the, I wasn't willing to pay the price when he came out, but the dude just is consistently inconsistently hurt. Like it's like he's on, he's off. He's like you know, it's just I don't trust him. I mean, he was he was dropped like a rock for on a you know he's still on the rookie deal why do you drop a, a running back on a rookie deal to sign you know keep both rookies so there's something there i mean rashad penny could be the best guy in philadelphia in baltimore lamar is the best running back so cam makers his competition is zach evans who's getting overdrafted i only got him as a backup but zach evans couldn't hold off anybody in college he jumped to schools because everybody kept beating him so it's it's Cam yeah. Akers by a mile, at least three. Yeah, Akers is probably my favorite, but like both these guys are cool. I like both these guys. I got I got them in multiple places. Um, like I'm just eventually you just wait. You hold on to them long enough. You just wait for that ball to drop. What's one good season? That's really all I want. Just give me one productive, you know, RB one season. We'll be good. So I'm gonna go to my last one here, um, and I'm gonna go to to Atlanta, and they got a trio of young studs that they drafted high. Right, we got Bijan. We got Kyle Pitts and we got Drake London. So we got three legit high high um high pick studs here that we expect a lot for fantasy. The only issue we've got we got a middling quarterback in Desmond Ritter that we're hoping can run this offense for all these guys to succeed. I think Bijan's probably the easiest to succeed. Uh, Drake London looked better at the end of last season, and then Kyle Pitts. We're just waiting. If he if Kyle Pitts scores touchdowns, I think. It, I think at the end of the day, that's all he really needs to do. He just needs more touchdowns. Didn't look good last year at all, I'll say. But like my my question to you is: Would you rather have three high end uh, position players in a middling quarterback, or would you like to have that stud quarterback and then like three middling you know position players? So, would you rather have the Atlanta Falcons trio or Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, when Kelsey retires, but you yeah. know, I mean, yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, uh, how, how, how would you handle that? I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes and any of the guys and some of the guys that we've been mentioning earlier than three guys and hoping Desmond Ritter. Like, I think Ritter's gonna be okay. I don't think Ritter's gonna, you know, he's not gonna be Daniel Jones. <laughs> I mean, that that's that's almost like his. Is don't to me? There's there's a feel that they seems you know. I think they can, I think he could actually I think he could be Daniel Jones. This, they're similar. That that name just yeah. popped in my head as I was talking. That seems similar. I mean, that's where that is that his ceiling is Daniel Jones' ceiling. So that's you know, QB seven. I mean, Ritter, I wasn't big coming in. He didn't play terrible. I think Atlanta, their arrows pointing up, but could it be fool's gold? I mean, we are still believing in Kyle Pitts, who caught 28 whole balls last year for 356. <laughs> wow! And then in his rookie year, he had 1,000 yards, but he just couldn't get touched. Like, how, you're this big. You're this big. How do you – like, that's been more of my confusion. I mean, Drake London was there. And if an if an offense is built around, I mean, Drake London had seventy two catches for eight sixty six, and Ritter loved him. So I think Drake, if I could have Drake London at the cost they're coming, Drake London's the one I'd probably have more of because Bijan's going to be a first round pick, and you know my thought first round, I think he's going to be stellar, and I'm going to fall for the trap I always 
messed myself up by not taking the rookie running back. Pitts is going to go way too early for my liking. I'm he's on my avoid at all cost. I have a Kyle Pitts that I traded the other year in our league. That's all I got. I don't want him. But Drake London, I think, I think he's. I mean, seventy-two receptions in his first year for eight sixty-six. That's to me. I loved Drake at London. Come, he was my favorite guy last year. I think he's going to be. I think he's he's going to be the one I like of the three. But I would rather have Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and a bunch right. of <laughs> yeah. I I think it's just it's just harder to find that quarterback than it is to find you know the position player. Yep. I mean, it's kind of but it is kind of hard to find a tight end. You know, if you're in those tight end premiums, kind of hard to find a tight well, end. Kyle Pitts isn't that tight end. I'd rather have oh, Dalton, not, absolutely. I'd rather have absolutely. Dalton Schultz than Kyle Pitts right now. Oh yeah. Look at look at the number. I'm going. By I, I mean, looking at the numbers, but Dalton Schultz is in a totally different place right now. Yeah. It's not not really not really the same. I think I would still take Kyle Pitts over Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is close to being the wide receiver one on that team. If you look at who Houston has, oh yeah, it, yeah. I mean, as far as Collins, like what Dalton Schultz, as far as what he's done in his past, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of scary. So I, I'm going. I went off the reservation here, man. I got two receivers to close out. They are two guys that I have close to everywhere at the tail end of my bench, and they are two of my extreme best ball targets. So if you're doing the best ball league with me right now, totally avoid that. Don't listen to this part because you know I'm going to try. I've got them on almost, almost all my best ball teams along with Kyler. And that's why a couple where a couple of my thoughts have come for this one. And I might even pop up a fantasy couriers too, see if anybody jumps on. But we're about halfway through, I think. But they are Isaiah Hodgins and Rashid Shaheed. Isaiah and they're they're two different profile, two different kind of guys. One and I'm just curious what you think of these two. So we're looking at Isaiah Hodgins, who ended up being he's a Dable guy. He came with Dable over they got him in a trade from Buffalo week eight. And he played every week from that point on. He had um the the one week where he had twelve targets. He was a touchdown machine for the Giants down the um going down the down the stretch there from week 11 through 15, he had four touchdowns, which, you know, you can't ever count on touchdowns. He's get, but he seemed to be liked by the coaching staff there. And the wide receiver room in New York is poo. It's spread out. It's, it's, it's nothing stellar. So he could step up. I mean, he's six four two ten, decent size there. And he's only, he'll be. Decent size. That's a big dude, man. That's ideal wide receiver size, man. Confident. Um, But that, but this will be his year 25 season. Turn 25 during the season. The other guy was a rookie last year. Rashid Shahid. Different. He's, he's a, he's six foot 180. He's a speed guy, but he's great for best ball. So if you're doing best ball, he's going to have those, those games where he has four catches for 90, three catches for 95 and a touchdown. He's going to have that. Uh, he had a six for six for 79. He came on towards the later half of the year. He only had 488 yards, but Alave is going to get all the attention. Michael Thomas probably will be hurt or he'll ghost them. Or I mean, he's 100% hopes. dude. He's ready to go for week one, man. I hope so. I got him in a couple of places. I, tried, I picked him up just to have, but, and I got him for peanuts in our one league. But that's Rahit Shahid is sort of a, a quiet field stretcher. He, he reminds me, of like, in my thought, he's like Deshaun Jackson. And the guy that'll stretch the field, it will open up things for Olave, which means he's not a guy you really want to have as your wide receiver, too. Maybe even not, not your wide receiver, but like a flex guy or a really good best ball guy. Of Hodgkins or Shahid, do you have faith? Would you Are you interested in either, and do, or do either serve a purpose, or do I just love these guys for some odd reason? I mean, 
I'm definitely interested in both of them. I'm mean, looking forward to um, both of these guys. The, Hodges has the, the chance to be the number one wide receiver there in in um in New York. He kind of I don't want to say he proved it, but he was probably the best receiver they had at the end of last year. They got Darren Waller. I think there's enough passing to go around for Hodgins and Barkley if he, if he plays and Waller. Same Barkley sets. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I like him. And then uh, Rashid, he looked good at the end of the year, made some splash plays. I think he's a I mean, good, like you said, wide receiver three maybe, you know, given that opportunity where Derek – Derek Carr coming in, better quarterback play. You know, he can support wide receivers. He's done it before. Lave is really good, so he's going to get attention. So I think, I mean, there are chance. I think there's a chance over a whole season that he plays really well. I mean, that's a good choice. I like both those guys. Yeah, Sports Illustrated did a little article talking about Isaiah Hodgkins. Could he develop into the is Giants? Is it Hodgkins or Hodgins? Hodgins. I always say Hodgkins because of the disease. Yeah, I don't Hodgins. know. H-O-D-G-I-N-S. Yeah, I always yeah, say yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Um, he, he, he's a guy I'm rooting for. I think I have, I think last year when he came on like week two, I was watching a Giants game. It might have been a primetime game. And they were like, yeah, Dable really likes this Hodgins guy. So I was like, bam, 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 bam. So I'm not, I might have him everywhere or pretty yeah, sticky. I mean, like I said, but I mean, you could probably sit down and if you did that, you could probably, you have to collect everybody because these, these coaches say they like a lot of these guys. But yeah, I like Hodgins. I like him coming out. I mean, I think we, he was drafted when he came out and just never really – did much after that, and now he's got his chance. Yeah, of the two, he's my he's my favorite of the two, to be honest. Oh yeah, he's got opportunity to be the wide receiver one on that team. He's so, he's a yeah, sixth round pick, so nothing extraordinary. Yeah. I think um, shot him. So okay, well there we go, uh, guys that we are looking forward to. Yeah, I mean these are the guys that you know. I, I got all these guys on my team. I'm just really excited. These are the guys that you know build your team. These guys will probably be on my team for the next three years, just because I can't get rid of guys. It's so hard. But um, yeah, so, some uh, words of wisdom here. Listening to the radio the other day, and it just amazes me the amount of talent the now Washington Commanders had on their coaching staff that they were not able to keep. Any, it hurts so bad. I mean, I'm not even a Commanders fan. I am a little more now than I have been in the past. But we need Sean McVay, the Shanahan's, LaFleur, your boy in Miami, what's his name? I'm Mike McDaniels. Yeah, Mike McDaniels. They were all on this coaching staff, and they managed to keep none of them. It's depressing, and it's just hard, to, and it's just glad. Hopefully, the, the Commanders can, you know, take a step in the right direction here. But, yeah, I think it's amazing. Like, that coaching staff, Assemble. I know they were all young, but that's be like some of the great. Plus, they had Mike Shanahan as the head coach. So, I mean, that could be like the greatest coaching staff, maybe assembled, that never really won a game in the history, right? <laughs> but I mean, at least yeah, like so, you look at the Belichick, you know, you look at the uh, Bill Parcells big one or the Bill Walsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had they were from winning teams. <laughs> this is from yeah, yeah. terrible. But you can't. But you can say that the Shanahan coaching tree is pretty darn amazing. I will say yeah. some of that stuff. But as always, trust yourself and trust the process.